Coming up on episode 136 of Appetite for Distortion, returning to the AFD show, Megadeth bassist Dave Elfson. He's going to talk to us about his brand new book, More Life with Death, and his new album, Sleeping with Giants. And then after that, we're going to discuss GNR Leakgate. Dun, dun, dun. Welcome to the podcast. And welcome to the podcast, Appetite for Distortion, episode 136. It is Brando coming up in just a few moments. Grammy award winning. We keep forgetting this. Megadeth's Dave Elfson returns to the program. Really excited to talk to him. Uh, last time I was in studio with Frank Bello uh, with their A&A project. And uh, this time over the phone, but still, anytime, because he's so busy that he makes time uh, to speak. Uh, I'm, of course, I'm going to take advantage of that opportunity. We're going to talk about his, his second book, his second autobiography. His life certainly uh, can't be contained uh, within one book, uh, more life with death, and uh, also he has a side project, or I should say, a new like a, an accompany um, album that goes along with the uh, with his new book, and this is entitled "Sleeping with Giants," and it's a mix of new stuff and archival, unreleased material. I feel like that's a um, a trigger word for Guns N' Roses fans, for we GNR fans. Unreleased material. So uh, Dave Elfson's going to be putting out some. We'll get to talk about uh, that with him in just a few moments. And But speaking of unreleased material, uh, I, I will say after the interview with David, we're going to talk about the leakage. No, I, I don't have a, uh, a prostate problem. Uh, I'm starting uh, the episode off real classy. No, the, uh, the Guns N' Roses leak. GNR Leakgate, hashtag GNR Leakgate, uh, that kind of happened this weekend as I'm recording this. Uh, wow, I can't believe July is almost over. July 30th, uh, 2019. Uh, well, I, I don't want to go off on a tangent just yet, but we're going to talk about the leaks coming up uh, after we speak with, with David, and I believe he's on the line now. And David, I, I know I'm the first right now of many interviews you're doing this morning. Uh, and you talk to so many. You've talked to, I don't know, a million people in your, in your career. Uh, but maybe there's a chance you remember me last time you were in uh, in studio here in New York City with Frank Bello, and I had the, yeah. the Guns N' Roses shirt on. Remember that? Yes, I remember. <laughs> how are you? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you. So how was the Altitudes and Attitude Tour? How, how has that project been treating you? Yeah, it went great. You know, we <clears throat> launched over in uh, Europe with Slash, did a really cool run there and a couple of headlining dates, and then we came back here to the USA and did a fun little run across the Midwest and into uh, Ohio and Michigan and you know, kind of a radio tour, if you will. Um, but it was, yeah, it was a good way to kick off the new year and, 
you know, normally you wouldn't go back to the well twice in a year like I did with, uh, with you know, Altitudes and Attitude and then now with uh, my Sleeping Giants album. But uh, it's been, a, been an interesting year between, you know, the Aussie tour uh, postponing, which is really why we set up this particular tour that we're doing was to support the release of my new book, More Life With Death, and the Sleeping Giants album that we had planned to launch during the Aussie tour. So um, being resourceful, as we've learned to do over the years, when, when one door closes, you uh, kick three more open. Right. And I'm glad that you, you said that because I was going to mention that you have more than one uh, window open right now with everything that you have going on. So speaking of which, with the new book, you know that phrase, too much metal for one hand when you put your two fists together right. and the thumbs up? So it's, yeah. Right, too much metal. You have too <laughs> much metal for one book. So more life with death. When you initially put out your original autobiography back in, de- in 2013, was it your plan to release another one? What's uh, what's what's the goal here? What, what do you what's tell me about the book? Well, you know, now that I'm on the trajectory here with this, yeah, I mean, I think there's a little series in play with uh, you know, with the title and 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 just kind of the you know the the timeline of it. But you know, even the first book, you know, when Joel MacGyver approached me to write that back in really it started in 2010 when I rejoined Megadeth and. Um, Dave Mustaine was putting out his memoir and Joel just said, look, you know, you and Dave are the, the bookends of the Megadeth story. And, and, uh, you know, I think your, your book would be a really nice compliment to Dave's book. It would also, you know, really just, you know, give you a platform to, you know, to speak your, you know, side of this, of, of, you know, your, your life inside of Megadeth as well. And, and, you know, to me, these books were always something that, you know, you'd see actors and presidents and people writing at the end of their life, you know, as they're sort of out on the porch, you know, looking off into the horizon, sipping a cup of tea, you know, before their final days. You know, that to me was kind of what the memoir was, you know. But, you know, back in the 2000s, well, I guess, you know, kind of you know, late 2000s into, you know, early 2010, 11, et cetera, there became this trend, you know, where everybody was writing one. You know, I think, and quite funny, Slash was one, really one of the first ones, I think, of our contemporaries to um, come to market with a book back in the mid-2000s. And then, of course, Ace Fraley and the Kiss Guys and Sammy Hagar and, you know, on and on it goes. So, um, yeah, it's, it's you know, writing a, a book is, you know, you know, when you write a song, you're essentially writing a story anyway. Uh, you're writing these little vignettes that you put together into what we have so far called an album, you know, even though it's kind of more of a singles world these days, um, you know, the album is kind of a book as well. So I think writing these memoirs is they, they really run complimentary to, to writing an album. And that's why we chose to put a complimentary album, Sleeping Giants, out along with this current book, More Life With Death. Sleeping Giants. I think that's such a great project of yours now. I couldn't help but think of uh, when Nikki Six came out with the Heroin Diaries and, and uh, at the same time with the first 6AM record. There's something special about uh, both listening and reading to the same artist uh, at the same time. So did you have, I guess, X amount of unreleased material that perhaps you wanted to get out there or how much new music? I guess, what was the approach to making uh, Sleeping Giants? What, what, how did you want to, to put it together? You know, in a lot of ways, it was kind of the opposite. We were out doing the, uh, we created last year the base story 
platform, um, which was sort of clinic meets concerts. Um, the approach was we would sort of take the concept of a bass clinic, but we would put it into the clubs. We'd put some of the bands from our record label, EMP and Combat, on the bill. And we'd create sort of our own little kind of cottage industry, you know, drawing from our own wheelhouse of talent and and create essentially a, a, a concert um, platform. And while we were on that tour, um, we went in the studio um, and we, we wrote and recorded the song uh, Vultures, which was the first single off of uh, Sleeping Giants. And... Um, that went so well, I, I brought two more songs over to my partner, Tom Hazard, and I said, listen, can you write some lyrics to Sleeping Giants and to uh, Hammer Comes Down? So he collaborated with uh, Daryl McDaniels, DMC, uh, on Sleeping Giants, and then um, sketched out Hammer Comes Down, and, and I, I suggested we bring in Eric A.K. from Plotsam and Jetsam to juxtapose a clean vocal to Tom's more raging, <laughs> screaming type of vocal. And, and you know, as this process was happening, you know, Tom said, he goes, don't you have some other songs, you know, some old things, some things you'd written years ago? And I said, yeah. I said, I've got some stuff I wrote back in 2013, or rather, 1993, rather, uh, as well as, yeah, and that's where If You Were God that, had, that I had John Bush sing on. Uh, some of the other tracks that I had uh, David Glenn Isley sing on. Um, and I, I've loved these songs, and I've really never had a place to, to, to put them out. I brought one of them or a couple of them, I guess, into Megadeth. And, you know, knowing that they, you know, at Megadeth, we, we try to, you know, collaborate inside that, that you know, you know, you know four-piece band uh, rather than bringing outside songs in. So I knew it probably wasn't really the right outlet for it. So, you know, as, as you know, I just kind of waited patiently for it, and you know, hence the the title "Sleeping uh, Sleeping Giants." Uh, even though that was a song title, it it really kind of surmises the, the you know the 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 catalog of music that sits on this album, and and as well as you know, when I had my group F Five uh, during the years when I was away from Megadeth, when the group had disbanded there for a couple years. Uh, back in the 2000s, we had these demos at, that I just, I loved them. I, I thought there was a spirit about the demos that um, so often happens that you you you, re, you re-record those songs into an album form. But there's always kind of this piece of you that you kind of go, man, there was something on that demo that I really liked. And you, know, and you can never really recapture it because it was just sort of a moment in time. So I thought, you know, it's a good time to pop these demo versions out and there's a couple of new songs on there as well, including the track feel your pain that we had never released before. So, um, yeah, it's a cool, cool way to open up the vaults and let people hear a lot of the other music that I've been writing and working on over the years. Well, it's a good time to be a fan of yours with the amount of material that you're putting out there. Now I know you got to run in just a moment and I know you're going to get, and you, you've been inundated with questions about David Stain's hell. I guess my question to you though is, we all know somebody with cancer, whether they, they survived or passed away. In the case of me, you know, my, my grandfather, I was very close in, in taking care of him. Uh, what is your, like, how do you, and you can tell me if it's too personal. Is it hard for you? Are you a worrier? Or do you just go about your day and you're, you're confident and, you know, whatever will be, will be? Yeah, I lost my brother to uh, colon cancer um, about five years ago, and when he had diagnosed, when it was diagnosed, it was already stage four, and so there wasn't really too much hope left in that one for his, uh, you know, for his chance of 
surviving them. Um, but I think, you know, in this case, um, you know, I, I definitely am optimistic about it. Um, you know, and as Dave said in his uh, press release, it's it's to be respected and met, you know, really headlong and just right straight into it, which he's doing. So, um, you know, with that said, um, you know, you're, you're sort of powerless over what you can do um, or, you know, and what I can do in this case. So, you know, you just, I, I pray, you know, and I, you know, lift it up to the, to the higher power to, you know, have his hand on that. And, and in the meantime, you know, take the next steps that are put in front of me, which right now or this month and for this, you know, probably next few months of my life is, is the book and, and the sleeping giant CD. And, and it's, it's kind of, you know, I guess it's kind of a, a cool thing because it keeps me, uh, occupied on, on something creative, something that's, uh, you know, new for the fans. And, and I think it keeps uh, kind of a creative mojo moving forward too, even for, you know, for the, for the Megadeth fans that are, that are watching all this happen right now as well. So I'd like to think it, you know, the good Lord kind of finds, you know, in his time and his space that, you know, all things kind of move forward at the, at, as they're supposed to. So, um, you know, um, but yeah, very hopeful and optimistic about, about Dave's recovery for sure. Right on. Well, thank you, David, so much again for your, your time and joining us. Uh, Sleeping Giants, everything I've heard off it is just monstrous. I know you have that track uh, with Bumblefoot for uh, the GNR fans out there. Uh, and, you know, because continued success, uh, I don't know if you're going to put out a third book, if you're going to go a Police Academy trilogy with this. Nice. I like it. I like it. It sounds good. Thanks so much today. See you, man. Thanks, David. Bye-bye. I always get a kick out of uh, the guy from Megadeth. It's so nice. David Elfson, awesome. And and definitely check out the uh, the Sleeping Giants project. There's just a variety of just monster tracks on there. And uh, I really hope he continues to put out books. I think that's pretty cool that he's not waiting toward, you know, the end to, to sign his farewell. He's kind of documenting his life as it's happening. Could you imagine if Guns N' Roses did that? Speaking of which, news. First things first, uh, today we got to say happy birthday to Arnold. Perhaps a little bit of Arnold for you. 72 years old, Schwarzenegger. Um, Many of you, and I kind of, it would have been cool has said, you know, they, they got uh, Arnold back with uh, Linda Hamilton, Linda Hamilton and Edward Furlong. They're coming back for the new Terminator. Wouldn't it, wouldn't it have been great if Guns N' Roses put out a new song, you know, since You Could Be Mine is so associated with Terminator 2 and this is supposed to be a, a follow-up? And I guess that leads to part of uh, Shotgun News and what I mentioned at the beginning of this episode are if you're if you're not aware, there was another GNR leak situation. I guess I say another because we all we all should know. I guess for if you're a listener of this podcast, you should know about the Chinese democracy leaks, and we've talked about them extensively. Uh, I believe, and specifically, episode seventy four uh, entitled "Leakers' Revenge." That we spoke a lot about the. Chinese democracy leaks. Now, at the time, I, you know, I I don't even know where I was in in radio. I think I was still in 
in college. Uh, you know, certainly no plans to ever do a Guns N' Roses podcast. Uh, I was just a diehard fan perusing my GNR forum for the leaks of of better, and, and there was a time IRS sounded like it was recorded off. Um, I mean, there weren't really like cell phones. I had the brick Nokia back then, but it was a poor quality. And at the time, at least for me and my thinking, and this is something that is part of the GNR leak news is how are people's feelings <laughs> about it that I'm like, I, I just never, I didn't like, it's Guns N' Roses going to put out a new album ever. Uh, I believe yesterday or the day before, uh, Maynard finally announced, uh, yeah, it was, it was yesterday, Monday. Uh, he was on the Joe Rogan podcast and he, uh, announced the name of the new tool record. And I, I think tool has surpa- surpassed Guns N' Roses with the uh, long awaited album jokes, you know, how it's been nearly 10,000 days since tools, uh, last album 10,000 days but tool kind of kept you they would give you hints every now and then they would, they would go out touring with gnr it was just all or nothing you knew what was going on or, or you didn't and for someone who who's my age um you know i'm gonna be 36 in in september jesus uh that i had never seen guns and roses on stage until 2002 I'm like, am I going to hear any of anything? Am I going to hear anything new? So that was all my motive was at the time. And through that uh, Leaker's Revenge episode, we learn about the subculture of trading and some of the shady business that goes on with who obtains these tracks, who puts it out there to the public to find, you know, illegal activity. Uh, and the guest on, one of the guests on that episode, uh, one was uh, our friend Russ TCB at my GNR forum who has a great knowledge of, of that history. But uh, Rick Dunsford, who, <laughs> he's uh, he's just a, a funny dude, man. He's uh, a listener of the podcast that I've, you know, become kind of friendly with from afar. And he spoke about how he spent thousands of dollars to buy the 2001 House of Blues show that no one had ever seen. And it's not leaked out there because of lawsuits and everything. Uh, I'm lucky to have seen it. Uh, I, I really hope the public does see it at some point because it's an, an amazing performance and an, an amazing uh, group, uh, an amazing band he put back together for his uh, unofficial comeback co- concert or something. You know, I'm very envious of those of you who are who were there who got to see Paul Tobias, Paul Hughey in person. And this time around, I forgot who. Where I started reading about it first, it might have been Rick himself or another one of uh, a close listener of the show. Uh, many of you DM me, and I got plenty of those this weekend regarding the the leaks about what's out there. And one of the tracks, and it, you know, of course, a lot of rumors. Now, the song Atlas Shrugged, and so many of these are like a mystery. You know, are they just titles that exist in the air? Are we making them up? Or do, do these songs? Uh, are they are they in are they in a vault somewhere? So there was a three second clip of, of Atlas Shrugged that was it had been going around, but now there is a one minute kind of poor quality version of it, and another one that that leaked, um, also about a minute is a tune called Hard School. Now I, I don't want to give any sort of official review of two 
most likely not studio quality versions of, of songs that are out there. But I, I mean, I felt like Hard School sounded very old school. Something that I don't know. I I feel like G and R would play at a show with, with Jet Boy back in the day. Something like that kind of old school. Uh, and and Atlas kind of sounded uh, it had a catcher in the rife kind of feel. So I like both, just from what I heard. If that's a review, and that's really the only review I'm comfortable giving. Uh, what and, and just so before I go any further, I do not have the songs. Stop asking me. <laughs> I do not have them. I'm I'm not uh, a part of GNR Leakgate. I'm just sometimes a mouthpiece for it. But if you follow on Facebook or Twitter, facebook.com slash the AFD show or at the AFD show, that uh, I was given permission to share photos of the title tracks, of some of the the tracks of of them. There are songs like uh, Billionaire, State of Grace, Oklahoma, Dummy. Some of my favorites are Me and My Elvis, uh, The Curly Shuffle, or just Curly Shuffle, uh, Time with a Y, and there were some mixes out there as well, and most of them are dated back in 2001. And there are some that say, uh, here are Brain's drums, and here are Josh Freeze's drums. So it's quite interesting. There's quite a catalog that is out there. And I've been also uh, told that there are over 50 tracks with vocals. Okay, so that's all I'm really comfortable with saying. And, and I... Also caution that I don't know a lot right now, and, and I really appreciate those of you who come to me because uh, you know I try to conduct this podcast very professionally and have it be a I don't I don't want to call it a news outlet, uh, but at times it could be. I have fun with the GNR news segment, uh, but some of you look to me as some sort of quote unquote official mouth, mouthpiece for it. I'm certainly not, especially with zero connection to the band. Um, I will say that I finally got in touch with with Rick, and I won't say finally. I kind of just, whenever he would message me, I would let him get back to me whenever. And we spoke on the phone the other day, and he's taking a little break from social media because. And I got to say, there's a few there's a few sides to this. When I was talking about the the leaks on Twitter, so I'll credit this to at uh, Blue Jean Baby, who I appreciate all the other uh, comments that she leaves. Uh, I have never really been into the leaks. When Axel feels it is ready to be heard, I will gladly listen then. Just a little patience. And I totally get that. I think this time around, it's there's so many variables to it. I can just flat out say and, and just say 100% I agree with that. This is These are that guy's work. It's his project and where people are, are stealing it, essentially. Um, you know, as much as I like Rick, he's not stealing it. He's just buying it. I uh, I'm not a lawyer. I don't, uh, or I mean, maybe it's all bad to you, which is which is fine. We're all we're all entitled to our opinion. So that's why I wanted to get some opinions out there, and some of them. Uh, and I want to give another Twitter message, uh, the proper due, because I like the other side of it. This is from at kwickers two said. I think the leaks help generate interest and would improve record sales if those leaks are the type that leave one immediately wanting more after 24 seconds or a minute of a song. So perhaps you could call them, instead of a, a leak, a teaser, you know, a teaser trailer, in a way. Uh, so there's a lot of sides you can go into this. Uh, but there is one side that we really all need to agree on. 
And that is leave Rick alone. Leave Billy alone! <laughs> you know, I say, I alluded to before that I got inundated with messages this weekend asking me about the leaks and if I can send them. I don't have them, as I said before, so please don't ask me <laughs> anymore. Uh, but Rick, you know, it's his personality. He's not going out there saying, ha ha, look what I got. I got all these songs. He's just a super, I don't want to say hyper, but he's just a, he loves life and he wants everyone to, to love life with him. And he wants to love your life. It's, it seems, you know, he's just, Hey, look what I got. And he wants all of us to enjoy the ride with him. And, but unfortunately this ride has legal implications. Um, and Rick, uh, when we spoke the other, uh, was it yesterday? It doesn't matter. Uh, that he does want to come back on and do a Lakers Revenge Part 2. What he can and can't say, well, I can't say. I don't know. I'm kind of, you know, Rick is just a, a fan. He's just a fan that happens to have these crazy uh, adventures with getting Guns N' Roses unreleased material. In a way, like how I'm just a Guns N' Roses fan who happen, happens to work in radio, who because of that, happens to interview Dave Elfson from Megadeth. So just a product of circumstance, I guess you could say. He didn't ask me to say this, so I apologize, Rick, if I'm you know, being too much of like a, a big brother in a way, although I don't think I'm much older than you, uh, that there are a lot of like nasty, nasty messages out there. And there was one in particular that I shared on Twitter that somebody was joking about sneaking into his house and tying him up and taking the music and then letting him go after. Even as a joke, that's lame and that's serious. It's fucked up. People need to re relax. We all want to hear new Guns N' Roses music. Now we can have the, the moral argument of we should wait for Axel or he, you know, it's been so long without new music. We want anything. There's so many different ways to go with it. And I'm only one voice here. Uh, I enjoy talking to all of you online about it on Facebook and Twitter uh, when I have you on podcasts uh, that we can talk about that. So I don't want to just uh, persuade you with my opinion on it. Um, I, I don't condone the, the stealing of it. I think the buying of it is little different and it's not like the way I rationalize it. You're, you're not buying a a weapon, you know. So it, it's, a, it's a song. It, it means something to somebody, you know, Axel and whoever worked on it, sure. But no one's life is at stake. But when you steal something, I don't know. People steal silly things and, and, and problems arise. So I think that's, for me, where the problem comes from is just the stealing part of it. So, you know, if Rick is always willing to go on these long trips to f meet these crazy characters to get these uh, audio files... You know, that's him. You know, his his wife allows him to do it. <laughs> I said to him, I'm like, and your wife is still with you, right? And they and he just had a kid. Name and he named his newborn son Axel. Now, can you beat that? Are you a bigger Guns N' Roses fan than Rick Dunsford? <laughs> Whether we get more leaks, that just remains to be seen. I I hate to say it, but that's just where we are right now. And he didn't say this. I'm not going to say that he said this. This was my first thought when he told me about the amount of songs. Was what if 
is what if one or more of those songs are potential new album songs? Meaning, what if they do what Van Halen did with a different kind of truth, where they had some old stuff, reworked it, and then put it out as a new album? And many of us have speculated that, since uh, apparently Axel had, uh, what, three albums worth of Chinese democracy stuff? That's what Sebastian Bach said. So what if the new music, which I guess a lot of people would be like, oh, great, I want to hear it. But what if we're hearing versions that are really from 2001 with parts done by Buckethead or Robin Fink, and now they've been totally redone by Duff and Slash, and now the band is kind of in a way... You know, it probably would only come down to the most hardcore fans, but now we're at a point where we're comparing what could have been with what is. And as a, and I'm and and as I I separate myself from being a fan here, if I'm if I'm Axel, if I'm the band, I don't want that. I don't want any real distraction, any real distractions from what could potentially be a new album with Axel and Slash on it, and just have it be that there was too much controversy with. Uh, Chinese democracy, and I don't. I'm guessing because again, I have no access to the band that they want to release this album with no controversy and have it just be a fun success, right? That makes sense. So that was again my to reiterate. That was my initial thought to it. Rick didn't say any of that to me. Like what specifically is on there? He kind of just gave me an overview of his story and some music things we kind of have fun with. Uh, but he will come on again at some point. What he wants to talk about, what he's comfortable with, that's cool with me, and hopefully it's cool with you. Sound good? I, I'll pretend I heard you say yes. Anyway, that does it for episode 136 of Appetite for Distortion. Thanks for everyone for hanging out, whether it's via iHeartRadio, Spreaker, Stitcher, AlternativeNation.net. Uh, as I mentioned in other podcasts uh, towards the end when I announce all the platforms, you really can just Google appetite for distortion podcast and find a variety of different outlets so thanks for following subscribing tell a friend follow us on social media and until the next one next episode next interview when are you going to hear it well in the words of axel rose concerning chinese democracy or the leaks <laughs> i don't know if soon is the word but you'll see it security, I'm going home.